discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Howdy, folks. Welcome to episode number 200 of The Daily Ruckus. <laughs> Now, my intention was to put together some sort of snazzy highlights reel, mash together a bunch of clips from all of my old episodes. Well, it turns out that's a lot harder to do than I thought it was. So that's been put on the back burner, and I promise you I will do something like that in the near future, more likely as a special edition and not one of my regular episodes, like today's episode, which just happens to be number 200 now. And to celebrate, rather than focusing on all of last year's old stuff, because that stuff is so last year, let's focus on a bunch of new stuff, shall we? You're listening to Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Run. Well, here we are, folks. As much as we don't really want to do it, as stinky as it is, it's time to plug our noses and jump back into those shark-infested waters I mention at the beginning of every episode of my show. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Let's check out some of the new things that have been happening in this new normal world of ours, shall we? Here, check this out. This new face mask tests you for COVID while protecting you from it. If you're wearing a mask anyway, why not get tested at the same time? According to Fast Company, early in the pandemic, when it often took days to get the results back from a COVID test, and relatively few people were getting tested because of the inconvenience, researchers at MIT and Harvard began adapting wearable sensors that could detect the disease while embedded inside a mask and give a diagnosis within an hour and a half. In a new study in Nature Biotechnology, the researchers showed that their diagnostic masks work as well as the gold standard tests used in labs. Quote, If testing and sensing at a biological molecular level could be done in a format that can follow people around instead of people having to go to the clinic, maybe you can encourage people to get more testing done, says Louis Soinskin, 
a research scientist at Harvard's Weiss Institute for Biologically Inspired Engineering, and a quote-unquote venture builder at MIT's Abdul Latif Jamil Clinic for Machine Learning in Health, who works on helping new technology come to market and is one of the co-authors of the new study. Quote, basically, you have to wear a mask anyway, he says, so why don't you also have that mask test you at the same time? End quote. MIT researchers previously created paper tests for Ebola and Zika that use the same core technology with proteins and nucleic acids embedded in paper that react to target molecules. Another iteration of the system uses CRISPR enzymes to detect target molecules and then change in color, like a pregnancy test. The components are freeze-dried and can stay stable for months and then come back to life temporarily when activated with a small splash of water. Soenskin says, quote, it's a little bit like ramen noodles, end quote. In the prototype mask, a small reservoir of water was also embedded in the mask. The person wearing the mask could push a button to release it and launch the test, which analyzes the droplets from their breath. It avoids the discomfort of using a nasal swab, and the system is very good at detecting the virus. Quote, it's on par with specificity and sensitivity that you will get in a state-of-the-art laboratory, but with no one there, end quote. In the new study, the scientists showed that the wearable sensors could be embedded in various fabrics and used to test for multiple pathogens. A lab coat, for example, could be embedded with sensors to test for drug-resistant bacteria so that a doctor working in a hospital could get a warning when exposed. Clothing worn by a soldier could detect nerve agents. The sensors in the masks could be adapted to test for new COVID variants or any other respiratory pathogens. While many Americans are no longer wearing masks or getting regular tests, the World Health Organization recently recommended that vaccinated people should continue to wear masks now as extra protection as the more transmissible Delta variant spreads. Peter Nguyen, lead author of the new study and a research scientist at the Weiss Institute for Bio-Inspired Engineering at Harvard, said, quote, Our system just allows you to add on laboratory-grade diagnostics to your normal mask wearing. They would especially be useful in situations where local variant outbreaks are occurring, allowing people to conveniently test themselves at home multiple times a day, end quote. These scientists are now actively looking for industry partners to help bring the masks to market. Fastcompany.com and while those scientists are using CRISPR to engineer a new face mask, check out what these scientists are doing. Singularity Hub asks, Can we reprogram existing life at will? To synthetic biologists, the answer is yes. The central code for biology is simple. DNA letters in groups of three are translated into amino acids, Lego blocks that make proteins. Proteins build our bodies, regulate our metabolism, and allow us to function as living beings. Designing custom proteins often means you can redesign small aspects of life. For example, getting a bacteria to pump out life-saving drugs like insulin. All life on Earth follows this rule. A combination of 64 DNA triplet codes 
or codons, are translated into 20 amino acids. But wait, the math doesn't add up. Why wouldn't 64 dedicated codons make 64 amino acids? The reason is redundancy. Life evolved so that multiple codons often make the same amino acid. So what if we tap into those redundant extra codons of all living beings and instead insert our own code? A team at the University of Cambridge recently did just that. In a technological tour de force, they used CRISPR to replace over 18,000 codons with synthetic amino acids that don't exist anywhere in the natural world. The result is a bacteria that's virtually resistant to all viral infections because it lacks the normal protein quote-unquote door handles that viruses need to infect the cell. But that's just the beginning of engineering life's superpowers. Until now, scientists have only been able to slip one designer amino acid into a living organism. The new work opens the door to hacking multiple existing codons at once, copy editing at least three synthetic amino acids at the same time. And when it's 3 out of 20, that's enough to fundamentally rewrite life as it exists on Earth. We've long thought that, quote, liberating a subset of codons for reassignment could improve the robustness and versatility of genetic code expansion technology, wrote doctors Delilah Jewell and Abhishek Chatterjee at Boston College, who were not involved in the study. This work elegantly transforms that dream into a reality. End quote. Our genetic code underlies life, inheritance, and evolution, but it only works with the help of proteins. The program for translating genes, written in DNA's four letters, into the actual building blocks of life relies on a full cellular decryption factory. Think of DNA's letters A, T, C, and G as a secret code written on a long slip of crinkled paper wrapped around a spool. Groups of three letters, or codons, are the crux. They encode which amino acid a cell makes. A messenger molecule, mRNA, a spy of sorts, stealthily copies the DNA message and sneaks back into the cellular world, shuttling the message to the cell's protein factory, a sort of central intelligence organization. There, the factory recruits multiple translators to decipher the genetic code into amino acids, aptly named tRNAs. The letters are grouped in threes, and each translator tRNA physically drags its associated amino acid to the protein factory, one by one, so that the factory eventually makes a chain that wraps into a 3D protein. But like any robust code, nature has programmed redundancy into its DNA-to-protein translation process. For example, the DNA codes TCG, TCA, AGC, and AGT all encode for a single amino acid, serine. While it works in biology, the authors wondered, what if we tap into that code, hijack it, and redirect some of life's directions using synthetic amino acids? The new study sees nature's redundancy as a way to introduce new capabilities into cells. For us, one question was, quote, could you reduce the number of codons that are used to encode a particular amino acid and thereby create codons that are free to create other monomers, amino acids, asked lead author Dr. Jason Chin. For example, if TCG is for serine, why not free up the others, TCA, AGC, and AGT, for something else? It's a great idea in theory, 
but a truly daunting task in practice. It means that the team has to go into a cell and replace every single codon they want to reprogram. A few years back, the same group showed that it's possible in E. coli, the lab and pharmaceuticals favorite bug. At that time, the team made an astronomical leap in synthetic biology by synthesizing the entire E. coli genome from scratch. During the process, they also played around with the natural genome, simplifying it by replacing some amino acid codons with their synonyms, say, removing TCGs and replacing them with AGCs. Even with the modifications, the bacteria were able to thrive and reproduce easily. It's like taking a very long book and figuring out which words to replace with synonyms without changing the meaning of sentences so that the edits don't physically hurt the bacteria's survival. One trick, for example, was to delete a protein dubbed Release Factor 1, which makes it easier to reprogram the UAG codon with a brand new amino acid. Previous work showed that this can assign new building blocks to natural codons that are truly blank, that is, they don't encode anything naturally anyway. Chin's team took this much further. The team cooked up a method called REXER, Replicon Excision for Enhanced Genome Engineering Through Programmed Recombination. Yeah, scientists are all about the acronym. Which includes the wunderkind gene editing tool CRISPR Cas9. With CRISPR, they precisely snipped out large parts of the E. coli bacterial genome, made entirely from scratch inside a test tube, and then replaced more than 18,000 occurrences of extra codons that encode for serine with synonym codons. Because the trick only targeted redundant protein code, the cells were able to go about their normal business, including making serine, but now with multiple natural codons free. It's like replacing high with oi, making high now free to be assigned a completely different meaning. The team next did some house cleaning. They removed the cell's natural translators, the tRNAs, that normally read the now-defunct codons without harming the cells. They introduced new synthetic versions of tRNAs to read the new codons. The engineered bacteria were then naturally evolved inside a test tube to grow more rapidly. The results were spectacular. The superpowered strain, Sin61.delta3EV5, is basically a bacterial X-Man that grows rapidly and is resistant to a cocktail of different viruses that normally infect bacteria. Chin explained, quote, Because all of biology uses the same genetic code, the same 64 codons, and the same 20 amino acids. That means viruses also use the same code. They use the cell's machinery to build the viral proteins to reproduce the virus, end quote. Now that the bacteria cell can no longer read nature's standard genetic code, the virus can no longer tap into the bacterial machinery to reproduce, meaning the engineered cells are now resistant to being hijacked by almost any viral invader. Quote, these bacteria may be churned into renewable and programmable factories that produce a wide range of new molecules with novel properties, which could have benefits for biotechnology and medicine, including making new drugs such as new antibiotics." End quote. Viral infection aside, the study rewrites what's possible for synthetic biology. Quote, this will enable countless applications, said Jewel and Chatterjee, such as completely artificial biopolymers, that is, materials compatible with biology that could change 
change entire disciplines such as medicine or brain-machine interfaces. Here, the team was able to string up a chain of artificial amino acid building blocks to make a type of molecule that forms the basis of some drugs, such as those for cancer or antibiotics. But perhaps the most exciting prospect is the ability to dramatically rewrite existing life. Similar to bacteria, we, and all life in the biosphere, operate on the same biological code. The study now shows it's possible to get past the hurdle of only 20 amino acids making up the building blocks of life by tapping into our natural biological processes. Next up, the team is looking to potentially further reprogram our natural biological code to encode even more synthetic protein building blocks into bacterial cells. They'll also move towards other cells, mammalian for example, to see if it's possible to compress our genetic code. SingularityHub.com um, yeah, so that's what's going on with, uh, life here on Earth. But what about our would-be intergalactic space brethren? You know, the Pentagon has a new UFO report out, but apparently it provides no new information and plenty of fodder for Cold Warrior policymakers, according to Caitlin Johnstone, who reports, The Office of the Director of National Intelligence has released its hotly anticipated UFO report, which at not nine pages in length, with no new information, is about as spectacular a letdown for UFO enthusiasts as you could possibly get. It does, however, contain multiple lines which will likely be useful for Cold Warrior policymakers going forward. In summary, the ODNI says there do appear to be unidentified objects in U.S. airspace behaving in ways the government can't yet explain. No direct mention is made of the possibility possibility that these objects could be extraterrestrial in origin. Direct mention is made of the possibility that UFOs could be highly advanced Russian or Chinese technology, and UFOs, quote, pose a hazard to safety of flight, end quote, and could be a national security threat. Those last two points are the only ones which U.S. policymakers of any significance are going to pay attention to. Quote, UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena, clearly pose a safety of flight issue and may pose a challenge to U.S. national security, the report says. Safety concerns primarily center on aviators contending with an increasingly cluttered air domain. UAP would also represent a national security challenge if they are foreign adversary collection platforms or provide evidence a potential adversary has developed either a breakthrough or disruptive technology. UAP pose a hazard to safety of flight and could pose a broader danger if some instances represent sophisticated collection against U.S. military activities by a foreign government or demonstrate a breakthrough aerospace technology by a potential adversary, the report adds. Some UAP may be technologies deployed by China, Russia, another nation, or a non-governmental entity, end quote. While the authors of the report also say they, quote,
quote, currently lack data to indicate any UAP are part of a foreign collection program or indicative of a major technological advancement by a potential adversary, end quote. The fact that Russia or China magically leapfrogging U.S. technology by centuries, 70 years ago, has been validated as a possibility by the report is a gift to cold warriors eager to ramp up aggressions and inflame a high-budget arms race against those nations. Among those cold warriors is Senator Marco Rubio, one of the handful of individuals behind this strange new UFO narrative's entry into mainstream attention. Rubio released the following statement shortly before the report was published. Quote, For years, the men and women we trust to defend our country reported encounters with unidentified aircraft that had superior capabilities, and for years their concerns were often ignored and ridiculed. This report is an important first step in cataloging these incidents, but it is just a first step. The Defense Department and intelligence community have a lot of work to do before we can actually understand whether these aerial threats present a serious national security concern. End quote. The odds of this new UFO narrative entering mainstream consciousness courtesy of the Pentagon, military intelligence operatives, and corrupt warmongering politicians at the same moment the U.S. begins implementing a new Cold War against Russia and China is far too convenient for mere coincidence to be a likely explanation. We can expect to see the hawkish agendas of warmongers like Marco Rubio further advanced by this new UFO narrative going forward. CaitlinJohnstone.com Well, that's just about all the new stuff I've got for you folks today. But don't worry, I got a bunch more where that came from. Tune in next time to hear all about it. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Monday, June 28, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.